Hey, greetings to all the patriotic Americans. This is Colonel Allen West, and you're listening to Arms Room Radio. And stand at attention when I'm talking. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! It's a big one, Elizabeth. <laughs> it's Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. Concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. Connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Mike. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live. We are live. Yeah, we're live. Live from Location Bravo. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike, and I will be uh, guiding us through the program here for just about two hours. Oh, boy. I do not not do the program by myself. Let me go around the room real quick and introduce you to our fellow compatriots, my fellow compatriots. On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome back. His name is Earl. Oh, this time when I say it, good to be back. I mean it. It's what a couple of weeks since I've been in studio. It's been it's, been, it's yeah. been a little while, yeah. Between you and I being gone and uh, everything else, uh, you know, the working around. So we're uh, we are here. The band is back together for this I mean, week. Anyway, I mean, I mean, I mean, we still, you know, George and uh, John are still dead, but you know, just yeah. we got the, we got the, the remaining two of the Beatles <laughs> here. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, listen, today uh, I called you earlier today. I know you were, you were working. You're out on the road, mm-hmm. and uh, if anybody's following the weather, uh, it, there was there was uh, uh, Armageddon coming to Florida because there was a line of thunderstorms coming. Yeah, and cold, cold front. Yeah, it was a cold front, it was a standard cold front moving through. We're gonna be cold for two days, you know, and then we'll be back to normal. Um, but uh, this line was coming through, and listen, Earl, I, you were on the road. You didn't, you didn't get to see this, but they went to all weather coverage for like four hours oh wow uh, with watching this line of th- this thunderstorm line is coming through and if you can take a look at this line of thunderstorms it's got the ability to bring wind to 40 or 50 miles an hour we've got to worry about spiral rotations and uh and and unicorns and uh, <laughs> green divings and blue dovers and um so they went they went to that and and i'm looking at it and listen as a as, as somebody who flies okay mm-hmm. look, look at the weather every day right 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 i do uh, too um you do too, because if you drive a a fifty three footer with no load in it coming down a highway and you get hit by a thirty mile an hour wind, oh, that's a big sail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, so we, you know, I'm watching this and I'm like, I don't see what's uh, so important about this. It's just, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get a nice little cold blast here for two days. Oh yeah. Um, I don't see the big deal about this, and I mean, this was this was literally no worse. Than any afternoon thunderstorm that rolls through here during the summer. Yeah, it was yeah. it was nothing worse than that. Nah, no, I mean, except there, on there, the other side of it, there was cool air. Oh yeah, there yeah. there was there was some. 
I'm going to say, you know, they, they were moderately high winds sure. to where, you know, I, I wasn't just relaxing and, and laying the hand yeah. across the steering wheel yeah. at 11 o'clock. Yeah. I, I had both hands on the steering wheel for majority of my trip, oh, at least my trip up. Yeah. Because uh, it was, I was getting buffeted around right. quite a bit. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was making people move out of the way, out of the way, because they're wanting to slow down. I'm, like, <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm heavier than you are. Get out of the and way. Hydroplaning is a concern, yeah. but not as much. Listen, it was, uh, it was so unimportant this storm that I guess the majority of it rolled through. Remember, folks, Florida's only ninety miles from uh, east to west. You know, it, it, the peninsula is only ninety miles wide. Um, now, I guess you come down in an angle. That's much more like I-4, right. the interstate that cuts through northeast to southwest, is 130, 140 miles long. Um, plus, there's an extra 20 miles over in St. Pete. So it's about a, on an angle that this storm came through, it was probably 150 miles wide right. that, that attacked the state. Um, during this, uh, was probably somewhere between 8 to 10, 8 to 11 this morning that it rolled through. Now, the storm went through at like 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean the winds were at 50 miles an hour. That just means the storm went through very fast. Right. All right. Um, my my favorite saying is, "Welcome to Florida. You don't right. like the weather? Yeah. Wait twenty minutes. Yeah. It'll change. Here's here's how uh, um, uh, insignificant the storm was. Uh, as it was hitting downtown Central Florida, twenty thirty minutes from where you and I sit, Earl. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of ours, calls and says, "Hey, you want to go to breakfast?" And I went, "The storm's coming." He goes, "Yeah." And it's like okay, uh, and we picked a place and we went, you know, uh, and we sat there and watched the storm, <laughs> and it went through, and we were like, that was it, like, yep, yeah, no, all about nothing, all over again. The news media, oh, here yeah. comes death and mayhem, you know. Although I do have to admit, you know, part of part of the highways I drive on, they have the the stereotypical digital electronic yeah. signs, yeah. And ninety nine percent of the time, when they catch my attention, it's it's a silver alert, right, and. I do have to admit, I did kind of pay attention and look around a little bit when I realized, oh, that doesn't say silver alert. That says tornado warning. Oh, okay. Time to wake up and pay attention. Yeah, and they did it. Listen, they, they, they rolled through and they put a tornado uh, a warning in every uh, every county that it hit. Oh, yeah. yeah well, this was, this was yesterday. That wasn't today. Yeah, okay. This okay. was yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah, because now it hit the northern part of the state mm-hmm. yesterday as it you know, kind of went through. But anyway, uh, we, uh, we had another uh, Florida... Weather Armageddon that turned out to be nothing. It's just the, and they were like, "Oh, you've got a, it's going to be forty to seventy mile an hour winds, and uh, you no, got to, you got to do, uh, you make sure you got nothing uh, outside." And I'm like, yeah, "I'm not falling for that again." All right, got to go take all the patio furniture and throw it in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm pretty sure the uh, the weather people work with the HOA, and they, <laughs> they're just trying to get time us to, to clean up, trying to get us to clean up the yard once or twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, not falling for that. No, I do have, and it's hilarious. I've got uh, a pair of those white, you know, resin chairs. Oh yeah, yeah. And well, one of them fell over. Ooh. <laughs> and I so wanted to take the picture, <laughs> you know, with the one chair falling over, and says, "We will rebuild." <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen those. As, you know, as as a you know native Floridian, and you're a long time, you know, transplant. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, when we, you know, hurricane warning. All right, is it is it a three? Mm-hmm. No. All right. Um, yeah, all right. It's afternoon thunderstorm then. Right. Right. And you and when it's a three, you go. It's a three. Okay. Is it a four? 
No? All right, we're good. <laughs> it's just you just want to know because you you're like, okay, it's a 3. I'm all right with a 3. Yeah. It just, yeah. you know, I don't remember what category it was, but I remember it was a named hurricane. Yeah. Was coming across Central Florida, and I looked out my my kitchen door and into my driveway where I could see see the puddles and everything, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is a hurricane? Yeah. Yeah. I've had afternoon thunderstorms that were worse. Than uh, this. And you do. And you do. You absolutely do. Um which I'm I'm grateful for that you know it, that's all it was. Listen, and and listen, and I'm sure you remember this growing up. And when I was a younger man living down here, um, part of the problem with those hurricanes would be winds. And even if it was just 30, 40 mile an hour winds, you'd get um, uh, power lines, power lines that would get oh, whack, yeah. whacked out. Yep. And you and that would be the biggest problem. Would be power would be down for an hour or a day or two, and that was it. Um, my, One re- minute. my record was ten days. Well, there, there are some, there have there used to be some big storms here, mm-hmm. and we used to have a really crappy, uh, you know, power lines and wires. I mean, stuff that was wired down here in the twenties and thirties, oh, a hundred yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. and they didn't get to replace it until you know ten years ago. Um, so it happened, and that would be the whole problem. So you would have to go get and make sure you had you know water and bread because remember yeah. you need you need bread to soak up the water because <laughs> you put the bread under the door to keep it from flooding. And then use the water to wash away the bread later. So, um, as a comedian once said, it's it's not that the wind is blowing; it's what the wind, the wind is, is blowing. blowing. Exactly. You listen to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We'll be back after the break with Mr. Todd Fossey. All right. Hey, Mike, he hasn't called yet. Do you have a number you want me to call him? I, I told him to call at 18 after, so he'll probably call. 10-4. In a minute right, or 10-4, thanks. It's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at KeltechWeapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Gun Tech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love bourbon? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love whiskey? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love America? Boundary Oak. He's on hold. Love Boundary Oak Distillery. Roger that. With names like Patton Armored Diesel. Sinful 69, and Lincoln Straight Bourbon. You can't go wrong. Boundary Oak Distillery. Located in the hills of central Kentucky, 
Boundary Oak Distillery is the first licensed distillery in Hardin County since Prohibition. Boundary Oak Distillery. Boundary Oak Distillery is a proud supporter of military service members and their families. Boundary Oak Distillery. Learn more today about Boundary Oak Distillery and where you can get some at BoundaryOakDistillery.com. That's BoundaryOakDistillery.com. Boundary Oak. One minute. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday night special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Location Bravo. Uh, Earl, you know, we didn't even get to the part yet. I guess we'll save that for next hour. I went to a convention this week. Okay. Went to a convention, yeah. So, um, you know what the first thing they asked me at the convention was? No. Where's Earl? <laughs> where's Earl? Uh, every time I go. Every so time you I get go. asked that a lot. Yeah, every you? time I go, where's Earl? Where's Earl? Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, we, just, hey, we just can roll right into this. We have on the line with us, we have, uh, we have a good friend of the program, uh, a chief trainer. We're going to call him the chief trainer. We're going to go there. We got got his music. We just got to get it updated. Chief trainer of Arms Room Radio, please welcome back to the program, Mr. Todd Fossey. Todd, how are you doing today, sir? Thanks for having me back. Always, always. Listen, I think uh, last time we we, we saw each other was was at SHOT Show, and um, that was uh, a month and a half ago, and it seems like yesterday, but when are we doing it again? You know, right? Now that we're back into it? That's right. Uh, and hold, hold, Todd, hold on one second. Well, here. Hopefully, I've, we, hopefully, we can get together soon and get some training going. I know, right? Right. Hold, Todd, hold on one second. Here. I got a message from you. Let me read it first. Uh, yeah, let's do that, Todd. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do the, the one you recommend. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, nothing like a pre-planned. No, we had pre-planned. We had a pre-planned, but uh, you know, listen, we uh, we also send each other messages last second, and uh, I, uh, Earl, and I uh, hadn't seen each other for two weeks, also, and we were playing catch up. And I'm like, wait, Todd texted. Let me, let me see what Todd said. Yeah, so. we are the epitome of effort. We'll do it live. <laughs> we, hey, that's that's how it. That's how we roll, baby. <laughs> um, uh, Todd, uh, before we get into you know the topics of the day. Um, we, we were talking first segment. We just had a cold front roll through here. We are freezing at about 50 now. How's, a, how's things up north with you? <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, minus 10 here today. <laughs> oh. So it's, 
It's war- It's starting to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was just... Uh, hey, was- listen, I, I love the cold weather. I love winter, you know, but when it gets to the middle of March and it's still negative 10, it starts to get a little bit old for me too, but it won't be long. It's supposed to warm up next week and get into the, into the up into the 30s next week. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we are at... Still uh, below freezing, but in the 30s. Oh, I'm sorry, Todd. I I, 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 uh, I estimated wrong. I said it was probably about 50 here. The cold front just rolled through. It's 64. It's <laughs> 64. <laughs> oh, so, you, got, you poor thing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> bo- both Mike and I are wearing shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. Now, my my T-shirt is a long-sleeve T-shirt. I don't oh, want you, it's a thin nylon T-shirt. Yeah, but I don't want Big you to deal. think like, uh, you know, oh, we're crazy. But <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Um. Oh, crap. Hold on, I lost connection. Uh-oh. Hold on. Hey, guys. Stick in there with me. Hold on. We know what happens. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> ah, ah. We'll, be right to, we'll be right back. Todd is hopefully leading the program by himself right now. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, we, hey, everybody. We lost you for a second there. Sorry about that. Oh, we lost you again. Hold on. Oh. I'm losing. Something's going on here. Let's try it one more time. See what we're doing. I thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah, right. Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Top theme show music. You're live. Hey folks, we are hey, back with you. We're back. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Todd. We have this. Uh, we have this expensive equipment where you really shouldn't lay something across the keyboard and uh, disconnect your signal. You just got to remember. <laughs> remember not to do we, that. We were talking about. We were talking about the cold weather, and then I just realized, aren't you guys in Winter Park, Florida? We, we, we're, we're right. We're, we're right next to door. It. We're close yeah. to it. Yeah. Right next door to Winter Park. Although the like skiing. How ironic is that? And get. get and guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I have a bunch of my but my my jujitsu friends. They cut a hole in the ice and they go do polar bearing every every weekend. So oh, hell I'm no. not getting in the water. I'm just going to go <laughs> support them. But this is what these guys do all the time. They're crazy. I'm crazy too, but I'm not that crazy. No, we have the reverse here. We do in Florida during during like the summer, July or August. Like we'll go outside for more than five or six minutes without air conditioning. It's kind of like the reverse of that. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, in Florida, I mean, listen, they figured out a way to air, con- air condition the outdoors uh, here in Florida. If you've ever seen watching a football game or anything, they got those giant fans and misters uh, that they have down on the, yeah. on the, that's, that's a Florida thing that, that only came from here. Nowhere else yeah. in the world does it make yeah. sense to, to have hot, cool air blowing on you, moist air, except for Florida, because that's the right. only way to make it happen. Um, all right. Well, we've, right. We, we've chewed up about half of this segment, so let's uh, let's let's roll into this, Todd. Let's 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 talk, and let's let me let you introduce it, and then uh, we're here for you. We got this segment and the next segment, so let's uh, let's get get to some business here. Well, you know, I thought it would be important to talk about what I call the four principles of winning the fight. Um, so, in my mind, anyway, in my mind, in my view, so often, especially in the firearms training industry, a lot of people come very dependent upon the firearm. They kind of have this idea, this misconception that the firearm is going to do the fighting for you. And make no mistake, if you're in a, if you find yourself caught in a critical incident, you've got to know how to fight. The firearm isn't going to handle all your problems for you. Um, right. In fact, it could be quite the opposite of that if you're not really careful. And obviously, this is a very complicated topic when it comes to self-defense of the firearm. But 
Let me do a breakdown of what we call the four principles of, of winning the fight, and then you guys can ask questions yeah. and drill into this based on what you think would be best. So the, the first one, the first principle is distance management. The second principle is timing. The third principle is transitions. And the fourth principle is dominant angles. So we actually have to know how to fight. Yes. We can't just, you know, a lot of times we think about range times and we, we think about standing still static, you know, in a lane shooting at a paper target with, with uh, flat on our feet with our knees locked. And really that couldn't be farther from how fluid and dynamic uh, critical incidents tend to happen. So I thought it'd be good for us to talk about those four principles a little bit. No, I love it. I love it. Um, we, you you want to go more or you just want us to start uh, asking questions? More. Well, dive right into it, whatever questions you guys have. So I've got distance management, timing, transitions, and dominant angles. If, if, if you, Todd, if you had to say one of those, is that just four or, is it, or, or are they in order of importance or how do you, how do you uh, classify them? I would, I, I think I would put these in order of importance. I really would. But what's interesting is that, you know, fighting isn't linear. So all right. of these things are really interdependent upon one another, right? They all work together and they can all work simultaneously. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so, very true. Very true. Um, uh, the, the one that we think of, I think off the top of my head is, is the first one, distance management and just, just, yeah. oh, oh, so how important it is. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think the cop out is to say, uh, well, sometimes you can't control distance, distance, but if you control all of the other items, you do control, you know, distance uh, as well. I mean, is there the time you're going to be caught in an elevator with somebody going up and down? Uh, absolutely, right? But, uh, but it, you know, your awareness to get into that elevator, you know, uh, you know, it should be, yeah. you know, should should take, you know, that should take precedent over distance management. Okay, I'm in an, I'm in an elevator. I'm getting ready to go up. Uh, here, you know, here's a dude dressed like a ninja. Should I get in with him? You know, or here's a dude who's being shady. Should should I get in with him? Uh, but then again, you can't control who gets on on the sixth floor, right? Uh, so, but yeah, it, but when he gets on on the sixth, maybe you get off. We're in close proximity to other people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and uh, and when we're talking about violent crimes, they they oftentimes they happen rapidly and violently, and when and how we least expect it. They tend to be ambushes. If we're in a situation where we have a critical incident that unfolds slowly, then that's a, that's a luxury when we're talking about the actual statistics of violent crimes for for your average for your average person. So to know what to do and how to do certain things. Um, to manage distance, especially when we have a distance weapon like a like a firearm or a handgun, right. specifically knowing what to do, what tactics, what maneuvers, what strategies, what methods to use at at different distances is really is really critical, and that's not even counting things like you know response times and and reactionary gaps and how long different things take at different distances. So having a very clear understanding of the, the management of distance is a, is a really big... One minute. It comes to our decision-making. You know, do we have a reasonable means of retreat? There, there, are, there are lots of factors that are involved with distance management, but I think it's overlooked, and I think it's, it's, it's neglected all too often. It is, and I think when a lot of people look at it, they're they're not taking into 
account the the other considerations, right? They're, that's that's part of the problem. They may they may think, well, I've got the distance management uh, you know conquered because I can you know I can draw in one second, uh, and it takes that person uh, more than uh, twenty one feet to move one second, so I'm I'm okay. Yeah. You know, ne- never never mind. You know, like we like we talked about recognizing what's going on around you before having that opportunity to draw. Uh, Todd, we're working into the break. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to finish up with this, uh, or we'll keep talking about it. We got plenty of time. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, Mr. Todd Fossey. We'll be back after the break. Me, I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit. No problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey, and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. (laughs) Right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact, every time I tried to quit, there were more than a few. I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the quitter in you at quitterinyou.org. There are a lot of things teenagers hope for. Homecoming. Getting a cell phone. My first boyfriend. But the things they shouldn't have to hope for? Finding a home. Getting a family. Having someone to care about me. Over half of the 500,000 kids out there in need of foster care are 12 and up. They need a caring home just as much, maybe even more, as the littlest ones. If your heart is big enough for a bigger kid, take this chance and give them a chance. Kids Peace, your local children's charity, can match an older child with your family and provide training for their special needs, financial support, even a 24-hour support team that's just a phone call away. Their needs may be bigger, but so are the rewards. To find out more, contact Kids Peace at 1-866-4-KIDS-PEACE or visit fostercare.com. With a little more effort, you can make a huge difference in the life of a bigger kid. The need is growing, so call or click today. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your every day. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits, like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please, feel free to remind them to go... One minute any post office to register. I heard that. One minute. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke? Simple. Eat right. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. 
choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium, limit your alcohol, and maintain a healthy weight. Let a registered dietitian nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the MagSwag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from uh, Location Bravo. We're going to jump right back in now. We have uh, Mr. Todd Fossey uh, with us. Todd, welcome back. Thank you for hanging in there. Yeah, good to be here. Tell everybody again what, what we're doing. We got the four principles that we're looking at here. This is the uh, and I, I'm going to I'm going to quote it wrong, Todd. I'm going to say it wrong, so I'm going to let you say it again because I was going to say the uh, the four principles of a of a violent encounter, and I know that's not right. That's all right. Uh, the four principles of winning the fight. Winning the fight. There we go. There we go. And tell everybody what they are again, and we're going to start again with the discussion. Yeah. Uh, so the first principle is distance management. The second principle is timing. The third principle is transitions. And the fourth principle is dominant angles. And we were, in the, in the previous segment, we were talking about distance management. Distance management. Let's see. So what's, uh, what, what rule of thumb? And this is kind of neat because I, I mean, you uh, and I and and Coach talked about this last time at Shot Show with the distance management because we talked about uh, you know like uh, traveling through airports and restricted areas where you can't you know uh, per, uh, you know, use your Second Amendment right to defend yourself. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that you would bring that up because I think this is very important, and you know how important it is for me to integrate different disciplines and modalities all together, right? Yes. Um, I think it's important for the listeners to know, to know that 80% of assaults are simple assaults or simple battery, where you're not in immediate fear of death or great bodily harm. Just bodily harm, it's a simple assault where you're not necessarily justified to use lethal force. So to have the ability to defend yourself without your firearm is going to be very important Especially because those 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 different types of of simple assaults are happening at contact distance, and so now your your aggressor, your attacker, sees or feels that you have a firearm on you. The question is, do you know how to retain and access that firearm at that distance? And and to take it the next step, the other the major, the other majority of aggravated assaults where you are reasonably in immediate fear of substantial bodily harm or great bodily harm or death are also happening at contact distance because they are usually some type of an edged weapon or an impact weapon with using blunt force trauma. So the ability to work in close and defend yourself with your hands and your firearm at the same time is going to be a very important skill set. So again, a big part of distance management, (coughs) excuse me, if you 
think that you're just going to be able to shoot the guy when he's attacking you with a knife, you might want to think differently about that. Remember, most violent encounters are going to happen rapidly and violently and when and how you least expect it. And they're usually going to have hands on you before you have hands on them. So, and even if they, even so, most of the times if it's an armed robbery with one of those impact weapons, that attack will begin to be noticed at a distance of of six feet during armed robberies. So the reactionary gaps are going to be very, are going to be very slow in circumstances like that. Very, very true. Very true. And listen, I I think a a lot of these, and, and this comes with the, the, the more you can recognize, the more you're able to, 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 uh, once you, you, you hone these skills and practice these skills, and it's always practice, always practice, um, that yeah. you, you will go from uh, recognizing the signs at the distance instead of realizing, when you first realizing it, you're, you're into it. You know, you're like, you're like, okay, I know what's going on. Unfortunately, I'm standing in the middle of it right now. <laughs> you know, that's not, and it's not a good place. That's not, that's not the distance you want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and through exposure, we develop the reflexes and the skills to be able to to handle those things to mitigate it. There, are, there are no guarantees. Right. There, are, no matter how 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 highly skilled we are, we can do everything right and still be a casualty, and we can do everything wrong and still come out smelling like a rose. It's for so for me, it's about the mitigation exactly of right. probabilities. We want to be able to increase our probability of success, and that's what what training's all about. Exactly right. All right, let's move on to the second step, the second principle. Uh, and, and tell me... The second principle is... Go ahead, sir. Yeah, the second principle is timing. Timing. Tell me, tell me what you mean first, by timing. Yeah, tell me what you mean by timing. You know, we could go on for hours about timing, but I'll just say some things off the top of my head. Um, Violence is filled with nuance. The variables are not repeatable. There are no two violent encounters that are the same. So, again, this isn't black and white. This, right? This isn't a binary type of a right. of a situation here. So, to understand the nuance, I'll give you something right off the top of my head here that I think most commonly relates to the firearms world and the firearms training world are really focused on how fast you can go with your firearm. Right. And lots of work with shot timers and sub one second, you know, all of that stuff is great, but you can also go faster than your decision making. So knowing to me, to what I'm talking about timing, knowing when to go is more important than how fast you go for lots of reasons. Yes. No, I, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're not, and the reason I asked you to explain timing is because we're not talking about timing the engagement. Somebody else is going to start the clock on the engagement. Um, you know, if, if the bad guy decides yeah, he's going to, you know, if, the, if the bad guy decides he's go, there's going to be an armed robbery, you know, uh, and, and, and maybe that's not even true, Todd, because listen, if, 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 if you're standing in there, uh, or there's, there's, and, 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 and you're, you're Todd, you're, 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 what are you, six, six, one? How, how tall are you? Yeah, six one. Okay, yeah. you're you're an average size fit guy for your age. All right, you, you're not, and I'm not trying to uh, laugh or joke. You 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 you're not a bodybuilder. You know, you don't have muscles sticking out of your arms and shirts like uh, like other guys we know. Um, and, and but you're not uh, an out of shape guy. You're an average fit guy, uh, and nobody would know the the kind of training or anything you do. You look like the average white male standing in line at the bank. Except for those that know, y- you don't. They could see you 
scanning the room. They could see you with your back to the right way in the room. They could they could see all that. Now, if a, a bad guy, he doesn't know that. Okay, so a bad guy comes in and he's going to start an armed robbery. You know, the, the the clock starts when he pushes the he he pushes the timer. Um, you know, but 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 for us, that timer could also be uh, all right. Well, listen, I, as he wanders in, I wander out. Right? Um, am I here to right. to be Bruce Willis? Uh, you know, in Die Hard, or am I here to go outside and get nine one one rolling? Um, you control the timing of that fight. You control whether that that fight even starts or not. Best way to okay. win a gunfight? Hopefully. Don't get in one. Yeah. Like Earl says. Um, yeah, for sure. However, but if you do, if you are yes. in a situation where you have no other choice, you have no reasonable means of retreat, you Correct. have no choice, and you realize, I have to escalate this to a higher level of force or I'm probably going to die. Yes. Knowing the when is so important to think that instead of just going to my weapon and thinking that that's, that that's going to be the answer for everything. You guys know as well as I do, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I went to this class, and they told me if I go really fast, I'm going to be okay. Mm, well, yeah. you're going to have to know, what are the pre-attack indicators? What are the behaviors that are happening here? You know, uh, what, when is it the best time for me to make that move if I have to do it? And what are the tactics and maneuvers that I can use to go along with that timing? Yeah. There are going to be so many variables that are coming into play that we really need to learn how to take into consideration. And again, we can go too fast. We can go faster than our decision-making is capable of. So it's kind of like driving, right? Or flying, right? Yeah. We need to go at the speed that's suitable to whatever our conditions are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Now, and I'm thinking about thinking about timing, yeah. and as I'm sitting here having, having talked to you and Coach, um, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I started start. I, you know, I was wrestled in high school. It was just one of the one of the sports I took, and we, you know, we start every uh, offensive attack, a successful offensive attack, in the middle of something else. You wanted you wanted you wanted right. your opponent to believe you were doing something else, um, because there's always right. they're always going to try and. Always, everybody's going to always try and defend, whether if it's just putting their hands up, no matter what it happens to be. Um, and uh, if he thought I was going left, I was really coming right, but I wanted him to think I was coming left. I mean, if, it's how football teams are successful, right? And quarterbacks mm-hmm. are successful. The pump fake, but I really came this way. Pulling I really, I really, I really like did that, this. Yeah. And it's the same way in a fight, even if it's the darting of the eyes or the moving of a head, you know, for that, at that last second, you know? Look, bunt cake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, bunt cake. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, these are all of the, all of these things require time. They require exposure. They require experience. They require practice. It needs to be easily accessible for us to know and understand how, what the feel and flow is. This is now what we're talking about is we're talking about the art. We're talking about the art of self-defense here. Yeah, and I was thinking, and and I I, I, I definitely feel you. I definitely feel you with the art. I was thinking more along the lines of when to do the pump fake, when to start. When, you know, listen, I'm not going to let him start the clock. I'm going to start the clock. Um, if we're yeah. gonna, if we're going All to, if we're All going to have above. the fight, it's time. I'm starting the clock. Todd, we got one more break. Uh, come back and uh, we're gonna finish this up. We got another segment together. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. Todd Fossey's with us. Hang out. One more segment, folks. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. 
So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! Thank you for calling Next Level Training. This is Jen. How can I help you today? Hi, Jen. This is Mike. Is this the home of the Next Level Training CERT SIRT training pistol? It sure is. Jen, do you have military discounts? Of course. How about law enforcement discounts? Law enforcement and military always receive 20% off at Next Level Training. Wow, that's awesome. What about if I'm an instructor? We also have specific packages designed exactly for instructors. Jen, what if I want to buy a lot of them all at once? Yeah, we offer volume pricing. Are the CERT pistols made in America? Right here in Washington State. Do the CERT pistols have a warranty? All of our CERT training pistols come with a one-year warranty. How can I purchase one? You can purchase one online anytime at nextleveltraining.com, or you can purchase one over the phone with me. Jen, can you answer one last question for me? Yeah. Will you go to the prom with me? Not a chance. Thanks for calling, though. If you want your very own CERT SIRT training pistol, just go to nextleveltraining.com. That's nextleveltraining.com. And be sure to tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. Got a question or a story to tell? Check them out at armsroomradio.com. Now, coast to coast and around the world from the MagSwag.com studios, it's Arms Room Radio. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Location Bravo. On the line with us, we have a trainer extraordinaire, Mr. Todd Fossey. Todd, before we uh, we get to the end of the break and uh, and we start to lose time, tell everybody how they can reach out and find you and follow. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in this type of training that you can do anywhere, um, doesn't matter what level you're at, the brand new person to this topic all the way to the highest skill level that you can imagine. Um, check out our virtual training program at idscitizendefender.com, and you can become a member there, and we have a, a program that will set you up so that you can learn to develop these skills no matter where you're at. There you go, folks. Make sure you uh, you, uh, you you check it out, and this is this is it, and it's going to be a wonderful, eventful experience to you as well to go to the uh, to go to the website and get involved with all of this. Um, Todd, I was thinking about it on a break. Earl and I were sitting here on a break talking about the timing, and I don't want to corrupt what uh, your vision of timing was. I think what we were trying to point out was we could control the timing of the response. I, I think is probably. Uh, how Earl and I were talking about it on the break. And let me let me hand it back to you, though, and give the, the proper definition, and then if you'll take us into number three. Uh, the, the timing of the timing of the response? Well, no, that's that's what I think we, we Earl and I were trying to discuss last segment. Mike was trying yeah. to clarify oh, his, oh, okay. his comments. Yeah, and I was just talking to, the, you know, obviously not the, the entire timing of the fight. It was just more of the timing of our response, I think I was talking about. But that's obviously oh. not the title oh, of your yeah. number two. 
I think it's all the all the above, really. So, yeah, the third the third principle moving on here uh, in the, what we call the four principles of winning the fight are uh, we call transitions, transitions transitioning from one thing to the next, whether that be, you know, transition to our weapon, uh, transitioning to another location, transitioning from one position to another position. When we're when whenever we're in transition, that's going to be a big. It's going to be a very uh, important principle when it comes to winning the fight. And obviously that goes along with timing. That goes along with distance yeah. management. But we need to understand just how important transitions are. Uh, give, us a, give us an example of some, uh, some transitions so people have a, 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 a better level on the layman term of what you mean when you transition. Well, there's a, there, are, there are so many so many examples. Sometimes it's hard for me to think of them because <laughs> it's just so obvious. But right. you know, one of the most important ones that I think of is well, we'll just talk about in terms of actually if we do have to if we do have to engage, is we call getting off the X or getting off the yes. line of attack. Yes. In other words, mm-hmm. yeah. the line of attack would be standing directly in front of our threat. We want to we want to transition off of that. And that leads us into the fourth principle we'll get to in a minute. But we want to transition off of that line into uh, the fourth principle, which is what we call dominant angles. And so that transition is going to be very important. And again, it's one of my main criticisms of the traditional firearms training is that we're training people to be static and to stand directly in front of your threat. And that's really the worst place that you can be. In most cases, you want to get to that dominant angle. So that's just one example. Or maybe you're carrying concealed and you want to transition from clearing that overgarment and, and, and practicing, you know, getting into your draw from concealment from a, from a position where maybe you have your hands up and you're feigning compliance and you're waiting for that. Again, now we're getting into timing again. But now we're, we're blending all of these things together where we're, trans, we're literally transitioning from one aspect of the fight to another aspect of the fight. Let me, let me see if I can relay a, a, a little bit of a different story here with this. Um, having have been being a military guy, okay, um, an, an entire career I've heard you get off the X. Get off the X, okay? And this comes in. This comes in the battle planning. Um, whether it's the the two soldiers on an outpost, uh, and they know that they have to move from one phase of the operation to the other phase. Okay, I've identified. Now the battle has begun. I need to get my butt off the X. To, or whether it's all the way up to, and I've been involved and executed battalion side movements of, of of armored vehicles of tanks moving. All right, and we and we make the perfect plan, right? And the perfect plan never goes the perfect way. There's always always uh, 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 things that happened around you uh, that you have to change the plan in the middle. Uh, like uh-huh. It's like, listen, and we joke about it, but it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you punch him in the face. All right, and then you have to be able to to move off that plan and do something else. But um, we've always said this when changing phases, and this is like transitioning, so I'm kind of translating military to civilian uh, tactics. Um, when it when it's time to get off the X, you get off the X because the X is a comfort zone, Todd. I've been standing here comfortably, safely for quite a bit of time now, and if I stay on the X, it must be safe because it felt safe before. That's right, absolutely right. And it's it's interesting that you would bring up the military example because these principles apply to all types of fighting. You know, yeah. that it, it could be the uh, 
something, you know, a micro like what we're talking about one-on-one in a confined space to, you know, moving battalions in a world war, all of these principles are still going to apply. They apply with psychological warfare as well. No matter what type of conflict that we're dealing with, these principles are still going to apply. So, yeah, understanding, right, the in-between, those gaps in the in-between that you keep referencing, that's where, right, that's where those transitions are going to take place, and oftentimes that's where the fight is won, during those transitions. Exactly right. Right. And being fluid and being adaptive, as you said, because there's always going to be something in our environment that's going to be, you know, an an additional uh, point of adversity for us that we have to be able to overcome. So being fluid and adaptable is, is uh, again that would be the, that would be maybe the first principle actually having the ability to be fluid and adaptable but my opinion is that the traditional approaches to training are actually teaching people to be maladaptive and I'm trying to encourage people to be the opposite of that to be as fluid and as adaptive as possible exactly exactly Todd we got about three minutes left let's talk uh, principle number four yeah, principle number four is down at angles, which I was just touching on. You know, a lot of times we have the habit of, like, you know, we call it staying on the rails or being on the X or staying, standing directly in front of where our threat is. And we want to get to the dominant angle. As you, had, you mentioned military, you know, we want to get to the flank. We want to get to their side. That's going to be a more dominant angle. And if we're possible, we want to get behind them. Right. That's going to be the most dominant angle. Their 6 o'clock position, their 6 o'clock for us is going to be the most dominant position for us to get to. So when possible, we want to make sure that we're moving to, we're constantly fluid and we're constantly moving to those dominant angles, no matter what distance that we're at, no matter how how quickly they're going to be getting to us, or no matter when we're in transition, we're constantly looking to get to a position of, of tactical advantage. And that's it. That's that's really what it comes to. It's it's everything that we've talked about. Every principle is about you know g- gain and maintain the tactical advantage. Most certainly, and I hope that the audience is starting to see how these principles all work together, and why we're in agreement about why it's so important to be fluid and adaptable when we're talking about any level of any level or any type of conflict. We need to be we need to be adaptive in getting to those dominant positions and staying in the dominant position and maintaining the dominant position as long as possible um, is is really going to be where it's at. And what we found is is IDS is also a laboratory. We call it IDS Lab Works. What we found is when we have the majority of those principles working for us, chances are very good that the fight's going to go our way. Yes, a- absolutely right. Um, and folks, it's it's you hear us talk about it all the time. Practice, practice, practice. Train, train, train. Um, it, it, you, even using this, the four principles, you know that 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 Todd's laid out here. Um, you know, you might learn step one through ten. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to learn step through one through ten, and that's to get to that proficiency. That's to get to that confidence level. And once you're there. Uh, and like I said, well, guess what? Instead of, instead of you know the guy hits you with a right, now he hits you with a left, and you've got to adapt. But it only comes through training and experience, training and experience, and that's where that adaptability I think comes from because you you get confidence in that you know the tactics and you know how to handle the situation. I, I, that's at least I'm looking at it like that, Todd. Absolutely, and I'll just add on to this because I know we're getting really short on time, but something to consider. I I've been a professional in motor learning. For a, for a long time, and I, I apply that profession into what I'm doing here as well. And the latest research in motor learning actually 
One minute. There's a distinction between skill development and skill application. But there's something that I'd like for the audience to consider, that the latest research is strongly suggesting that skill development and skill application should be happening simultaneously. You can still learn to get better at specific isolated skills, but you're going to learn it even better if you're learning it within a, the specific context of a, of a scenario or a simulation. That's it. So now we're learning application and development simultaneously. Perfect, folks. Mr. Todd Fossey, this is IDS.com. This is IDS.com. Always a pleasure to have you on. Folks, until next hour, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you're not ready, get ready. If you are ready, stay ready. And remember, keep your head on a swivel. The Shell-Tec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltech. See more at keltechweapons.com. If you carry concealed, how do you carry your backup magazine? On your belt? Loose in your pocket? Not at all? Snag Mag is the solution. It's the original concealed pocket magazine holster that looks like you're carrying a pocket knife. Concealed in plain sight and designed for a fast reload, you can be confident your backup ammo is exactly where you need it when you need it. Find your holster today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com because there's no such thing as extra ammo. It's Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. Concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. Connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Location Bravo. My name is Mike. We promise to uh, bring you all things gun, all the gun time here. Uh, I do not do the program by myself, so uh, let me go around the room real quick, introduce you to my fellow compatriot. On my right is the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Man, I can remember back in the day when the six minutes seemed forever. I know. Right now, it's like stretch, yawn, and it's over. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's that much. it's that it's that quick. Almost uh, fell asleep. Oh, I know. Right, right. Um, well, that was the massage. Hey, hey, hey. Well, hands you you get sleepy. The, hands you, above the table. I say like, you get sleepy when you give people massages. <laughs> <laughs> it wears you out. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, uh, listen, it Todd on for for most of the last hour. Yes, uh, Todd Fossey, and um, that is. Um, Listen, I, I, and earlier I've been, I've been there. In fact, we were with him uh, at Shot Show, and you sit down and you get into the, those that level of uh, of conversation about uh, theory and tactics and uh, and everything involved in it, you know. And it's just, um, 
you're like, whoa, crap, four hours just passed. You yeah, know? I'll say you can you can dive down into the weeds yes. and you don't even realize it. Yeah, right, right. And, and he's a, he's an incredible trainer, incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, and, and I feel uh, we're lucky, you're lucky that we got him when we get him on this program because he does a, an amazing job. And it's and it's like, listen, we know people in the 2A business that are they're super smart, but when they talk, it's like, huh? What did you say? He's been yeah. talking for 20 minutes. What's, yeah. what's he saying? Exactly. It's just, you know, uh, they're, they're levels above, you know, and they don't know how to bring it down to the, the everyday users like us, you know. Um, so Todd's great. This is IDS.com. This is IDS.com. And from there, you can get to both of his uh, his websites, whatever it's, uh, whether it's for the uh, the Apex training system or for the, the Citizen Defender, you can go there. Um Earl, I uh, I was gone this week. I, I had a it was weird. I had a midweek um, convention, uh, and normally when you and I go away and we do the Second Amendment or the firearms conventions, um, most are weekends. You know that we that we we, we end up going to mm-hmm. the only one that that's in the middle of the week is Shot Show, and that's because it's a week long. Right, you know, it's not like they chose to do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They do it Sunday through Saturday. You know, for for the most part. You know. Um, and um, or we do it. Sunday well, listen, when you have to, but listen, the show's Monday to Friday. Uh-huh. But if you want to be there and you're part of the the show and you got to do setup and breakdown, right? Then you're there those days. Uh, otherwise, you're getting off a plane at three in the morning and setting up till nine a.m. when everything starts on a Monday, right? Um, so I did for the other the other side. I went to an aviation went to an aviation expo, uh, actually, and more specifically, a, a helicopter. Expo. Whirly gigs? Whirly, whirly gigs out there in, in Texas. And um, it was so neat because I've been to uh, you you and I, Earl, um, uh, and, and all of the people in our circle uh, probably over the last eight years, maybe even 10 years, exclusively nothing but gun and Second Amendment, firearm, Second Amendment related, uh, or training, you know, that kind of mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, conventions or expos or shows. Uh I used to do a bunch with the military for for different you know uh, um, platforms and uh, but it was it was all from the the contractor kind of side you know they were right. trying to win contractors trying to win awards from the military you know mm-hmm. uh, and and then there was other work stuff aviation stuff just hadn't been in a while but the unique thing was um, it was like I went to this convention and I was like. Uh, Oh look, there's Mark. No, that's not Mark. That's just a guy that looks like Mark. You know, <laughs> or, or oh look, there's Todd. No, that's not Todd. That's just a guy that looks like Todd. Uh-huh. You know, you know. Um, it's uh, you're thinking gun community. And it's, yeah, it's the playing community. And everybody looks, you know, but there's there's like the, everybody had a brother or, or a, a twin, <laughs> a, a, a doppelganger. doppelganger. There we go, yeah. a doppelganger out there. Um, you know, the, I saw the guy with the ball cap and the beard, and I was like, oh, there's Earl. No, it's not Earl. It's not Earl. <laughs> um, but that was the joke, folks. If you got the joke earlier. Uh, every time I go to one of these conventions, and uh, uh, and I would go to an actual gun convention, second amendment firearm convention, and it was one that Earl and I didn't get to go to together, and I went without him. The first question I always get is, well, "Where's Earl? Where's Earl?" So the joke when I went to the helicopter convention was, "Where's Earl? Where's Earl?" Um, and uh, it was actually uh, I didn't have to do the media thing. I went as the the user, you know, the the how you doing? I use your product, you know. Uh, so it was, it was, it was good. It was a fun event. Um, and of course it's in the same convention center we've been to you know, <laughs> a dozen times, the K Bailey Hutchinson convention center in Dallas. Um, Ooh. 
That restaurant around the corner has got good sandwiches. It does have good Remember? sandwiches, and yeah. I went there. <laughs> and I went there. Rub um, it in. Rub it in. Uh, and, um, and I told you earlier, I went to a Thai restaurant mm-hmm. for dinner. Yes. And it's the Thai restaurant that's spelled T-I-E. Oh, I remember <laughs> Thai, that one. I remember that one. Yeah. Thai restaurant. Uh, that one's right, right next door over in Fort Worth. Um, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting. It was fun, and uh, there's helicopter stuff. So um, here was the here was the really weird part. Um, uh, aviation is very very strict uh, with 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 safety protocols and checklists and everything like that. Um, and yeah, those checklists are written in blood. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm breaking a, a, some kind of aviation code. I hope not. <laughs> you know what? It's not an aviation program. Who cares? Um, <laughs> They're not listening. Yeah, there, right? Um, the, uh, uh, and, and as far as it comes with mixing alcohol with flying, all right? Ooh, um, no, 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 no. Listen, this, this is applies well, to- fl- Flying for, you know, as, as the passenger? Oh, as you're not as passenger. Not as, as, passenger as, as, the, as the pilot. <laughs> the, the basic rule of thumb is, um, they, they call it eight hours from bottle to throttle, all right? And what that means is- uh, and it's even it's even more strict than that. It's eight hours minimum that you've had zero percent alcohol. Your blood's been at zero percent alcohol. Okay, um, so that might instead because normally you you drink and then it takes eight hours for the alcohol to get out of your system. Mm-hmm. It's really eight hours. You get this as a truck driver also. It's not. Um, so if I drink now, when the alcohol's all out of my system. Then I'm supposed to wait another eight hours. Yeah, then, then the eight bef- hours kicks before in. operating. That's the same thing for the maintainers, for the airplane, airframe, and power plant mechanics too. If they ever drink uh, dinner or whatever, eight hours for it to come out, and then eight hours clear for it to before they start turning wrenches on airplanes. Okay, it's the same thing for anybody involved with the operation or maintenance of an aircraft. Okay, so it's very very strict. So when we went to this convention and they did like regular conventions, and they started popping the bars out at three p.m., I was like. I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised. It, it meant I got to save what I brought with me, you know. But uh, one minute, uh, everybody was thinking, "We ain't flying." <laughs> it was a little surprised. What was more surprising was there was probably thirty different companies doing simulator work there. All right, Ooh. and they were serving in line for the simulators. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a full day to realize that wasn't a trap. Like it wasn't. <laughs> I'm used to the ATF doing the. Come on, try out the brace, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I was waiting for the FAA to go, aha, we got gotcha. you. Obscure regulation number 700. You operated a simulator while intoxicated. You know? Um, so uh, to, <laughs> I didn't know. It wasn't me. But it didn't, and it was fun, and it worked out well. Um, hey, you're listening to Arms Room Radio. Stick around. We get back. We'll have some gun stuff for you. Deltec PMR-30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, 
a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love bourbon? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love whiskey? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love America? Boundary Oak Distillery. Then you'll love Boundary Oak Distillery. With names like Patton Armored Diesel, Sinful 69, and Lincoln Straight Bourbon, you can't go wrong. Boundary Oak Distillery. Located in the hills of central Kentucky, Boundary Oak Distillery is the first licensed distillery in Hardin County since Prohibition. Boundary Oak Distillery. Boundary Oak Distillery is a proud supporter of military service members and their families. Boundary Oak Distillery. Learn more today about Boundary Oak Distillery and where you can get some at BoundaryOakDistillery.com. That's BoundaryOakDistillery.com. Boundary. One minute. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Location Bravo. Earl, we started the, uh, we started the program talking about Stormageddon 2022 here in uh, Central Florida. I had a line of thunderstorms come through and in, in the news media like it was the end of the world. Um, all 45 minutes of it. All 45 minutes of it. And now it's, uh, it is uh, is bright, sunny skies. I don't see a cloud anywhere. There's no wind anywhere. Uh, and it's 64 degrees. Um, there you go. <laughs> just, you know, what, did you, what did you say about the weather? Uh, welcome to Florida. You don't like the weather? 
Wait 20 minutes. Yeah, wait 20 minutes. It'll there you change. go. There you go. <laughs> just, like, just like that. Um, again, uh, folks, if you want to, uh, we had Todd on the first, uh, first, uh, well, most of the first hour. This is IDS.com. Mr. Todd Fossey, this is IDS.com. Uh, and listen, we could have Todd on both hours, but contractually, we have to have Bill on. Otherwise, I think one of us gets a ticket. You. Major not Bill. Me. Major Bill, yeah. Well, yeah, because you get commercial tickets. Ooh, if you, if you, get them. you don't, uh-huh. you don't uh-huh. want those. Uh-huh. No. Those are, those are the bad kind. Yeah, those are tell the bad me about kind. it. Uh, all right, let's move into some story here. Let's move into some story. Uh, some Kyle Rittenhouse. Some uh, some Kyle Rittenhouse uh, information uh, news. Uh, d- d- the kid's not in trouble. Let's start off right there. He's not in any trouble. Uh, be, be clear. Uh, be clear on that. Um, he. Uh, really, it's about his. It's about his. Uh, it's about his rifle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about his. Uh, his Bushmaster, which was uh, really a Wyndham weaponry, but or, you know, was, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bushy. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, That's something I I missed through all that. I didn't realize what what brand it was. The um, I, I kind of thought a little bit more of Kyle than that. Re, well, you know, remember it was he was, he was, he was seventeen at the time. You know, he was, yeah, he was, he was yeah, just I looking was, for one of them. Uh, one of them. I, I was young and dumb at one time too. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You know, last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all been to that one gun store where we were like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest place in the world." And then you talk to two other people in the gun business, and you're like, "You bought a gun where? From that guy? <laughs> <laughs> huh?" Oh, did you make you sign over a kid, you know, or something like that? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Everybody remembers Kyle used to fatally shoot two protesters in Kenosha. Uh, he, he used a rifle to fatally shoot two uh, uh, protesters, criminal protesters, felon. Uh, they were committing a commission of felonies, by I, the way. I remember uh, Kyle uh, using a fire, using a rifle to lethally defend himself yeah. against two attackers. Exactly right. Exactly. And I, I, I didn't. I, the way this is worded, I don't think it, I don't think it's an error. He, he the rifle that he used to fatally shoot two protesters. And I I guess we could call them attackers, right? We could talk. We could call them yeah, that. Yeah, there's uh, a difference between of me yeah. protesting in right. front of you and attacking you. This story did not call them victims like they uh the, like the state was trying to do. Good call. Uh, so he had to, his his AR AR fifteen rifle, a civilian modern sporting rifle. Well, uh. It it was uh, it was shredded. I don't mean like like yo man, my board is shredded, yo, or whatever <laughs> the, whatever the uh, skateboarders do. Um, it, the the crime lab shred it after feeding it into a machine. Uh, this is a uh, it's uh, two weeks ago now. Uh, pieces of the rifle can be seen dropping into a bucket beneath the shredder. You know I. I bet you we could still use a, uh, you know some pivot springs or pivot pins on that, you know, or some some detents. <laughs> you know, probably still get some of them out of there. You know, um, Rittenhouse in January requested a judge approve the return of the rifle uh, he he had in Kenosha uh, during the protests because he wanted to destroy it himself. Now I do recall, and I, and I didn't see the interview. I forget who it was with one of the. Uh, uh, the newscasters was it Charlie Kirk. I don't know why that that name pops up. Um, Maybe that um, because he wanted to destroy it. Uh, why would he want to destroy? Well, it? And, and, I, and I guess um, it, it was along the lines of um, uh, a, a respect issue to show that uh, I, I think by getting rid of the rifle, he's able to say, "Listen, I'm not going to tout this rifle or put it on the wall and." Uh, and celebrate their deaths. I think is, is, is how he's looking at it. He wanted people to understand he, he defended himself because he had to and he was not going to celebrate their deaths. 
Yeah, uh, I can and, get that. And I, and I think that's that's what it was. Because, listen, um, uh, that's what would probably... Listen, if somebody bought this, you know there's those people out there to buy like a serial killer memorabilia. Oh, yeah. oh, there's, yeah. There'd be some whack out there that tried to do that. I know... Um, Listen, George Zimmerman one tried one point tried to sell the gun he used, but George was in a much different circumstance because of his vilification. He had, he didn't have been able to hold a job, and he was trying to sell the mon- the, the gun to make money to you know to live you know oh, to, yeah, to, to buy had, groceries you know yeah you know but that wasn't to celebrate anything uh, other than uh, you know I would wouldn't mind having a, a couple dollars in my pocket you know well I. I- I can see that point, but if I were Kyle, I would have been the flip side of that same coin of, yeah, I might hang it on the wall and celebrate this is the tool that I used to defend my life against multiple attackers. I, you know, I don't have any issue with that. I think I think either one, as long as you can word it correctly um, and not be hateful or mean with it, Right. And that's what it is. Listen, you choose every day whether you're going to be a a decent human being or an, or a butt clown. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and that's the same thing. You know, if you decide you're going to use it for one of those purposes, uh, then I, yeah, I don't have any issue with it. Um, let's see. Uh, it gives you the back a little more background on uh, Rittenhouse here. Um, but uh, ultimately, too, I mean, I, I it, it whatever Kyle's decision, if he wanted to destroy it himself. Uh, I personally wouldn't have, but if that's his decision, all by all means, more power to you. Do do you do you? I'll do me. But right. my, you know, when when you mentioned the headline of the story, I first like uh, a why are they shredding it, and b uh what at what point in the trial did this come out? Because before a verdict is written or given, that's evidence. Yeah, exactly. And right. then yeah. after the particular verdict that was given, that's private property yeah yes exactly right uh, in fact i said to you uh, during the break when we were discussing the story i said um when the trial as, as soon as the not guilty verdicts come down if i'm his attorney i stand up and i say your honor uh, re, you know a m- motion to have the property and firearm released back to mr rittenhouse mm-hmm. uh you know given all the provisions of background checks and all the nonsense or whatever they would have had to have done because oh, yeah. it had been in the custody of the state now for more than thirty days. Oh yeah, so yeah. You own this firearm, but but you, you haven't it hasn't been in your hands in over thirty days. Yeah. So we got to make sure you're still good to own it. <laughs> but yeah. I I already own it. Uh we got to double check that. Well, and I think that Whatever. was what was part of the problem. They said here that uh, Rittenhouse, who received the rifle when he was seventeen, and again legally received the rifle when he was seventeen under the state law there. Um, uh, but it was it wasn't purchased by him. It was purchased by uh, Dominic Black. Um, so I guess there was a little you know contesta- contestation there yeah. of who was the the owner. Listen, the owner is whoever says. Like, you go to Dominic Black and they say, "Do you own the? Do, is it your gun? Do you own it?" And he went, "No, it's it's his." Well, do you have paperwork? I don't need paperwork. I just told you it's his. All right. And it's just. Did I stutter? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's, here you got he got my contract. Give me your verbal contract, right? Um, uh, when requesting the return of the rifle, the, again, the lawyer claimed that the rifle owner was Rittenhouse because of the contract he had with uh, Dominic Black. Uh, during an appearance on uh, the, the Charlie Kirk show uh, in December, Rittenhouse said he no longer wanted the weapon. Uh, he didn't want anything to do with it. So I guess that's what happened. I guess he decided that uh, didn't want it back. And I get, listen. Give, you give know, it back to Dominic. 
yeah, right. Listen, and how would you like to be? Uh, how would not like to be? How would you like to be in the situation that he's in right now? He's eighteen years old, right? Trying to, uh, uh, you know, form a way forward in in this world. He's got to figure out how to get a job, how to do everything else. I think. You know, <laughs> lugging that rifle around with them. I mean, listen. Obviously, he's not. You, you leave that in your parents' house while you go around the country and get a job or go to school or whatever it is. But uh, I don't know. I guess maybe him and his lawyers just thought it's best not to. And again, Earl, I'm like you. I think. I think. Listen, it's 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 just as easy a symbol of uh, self defense and the Constitution as it is. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to drag the issue out anymore. Yeah, and then also re- remembered too that. We, we 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 tend to keep it real here on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't need that rifle because when he wins all the lawsuits oh, yeah. he's going to be bringing, yeah. Yeah. he's going to be able to buy any kind of rifle he wants. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely going to be able to get what he wants. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he is so going to get paid. And I think a lot because I know we saw this with. Um, with the, with the George Zimmerman case, right? That he had CBS, I think, that went after him, and um, uh, but there was never a monetary award. It was a, the admission of um, we were wrong, we made things right. up, that kind of stuff. The the big uh, one that got paid was a uh, Nick Sandman, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, but I think it's going to be different with Kyle. I think there's a lot of fed up folks now. This has been ten years. Yeah. It's been 10 years, you know, since it started with George and now rolled over into into Kyle. So you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We'll be back. We'll have some uh, Major Bill. Stick around. kilometers northwest of Kandahar, Afghanistan, at a remote desert military base, American soldiers are playing video games. There are cold drinks, coffee, snacks, and comfy chairs. There's an internet connection, a putting green, frisbees, and footballs. There are DVDs, books, games, and guitars. There are toothbrushes, shaving cream, body wipes, and shampoo. This is today's USO. It's the USO to go program. With all of the above and more, selected and ordered directly by the troops themselves, packaged and shipped anywhere in the world. Today, it's just one of the ways the USO supports our troops, lifts their spirits, and serves as the link between them and the American people, people just like you. To donate and to find out more about the USO, visit us at USO.org. The USO, until everyone comes home. First time that we saw combat as a unit, it was more surreal than anything. You're under fire, you're getting blown up. There's definitely adrenaline. There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery and I was on a lot of pain medicine. What's gonna happen next? And how long am I gonna be here? The Wounded Warrior Project dropped off a backpack for me. And it had everything in there that I could possibly have needed at that time. Peer visitors, people who have been where I had been before, said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. That type of thing is an invaluable service. To be honest, I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. 
we all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits, like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please, feel free to remind them to go to sss.gov or any post office to register. I heard that. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Earl. Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by maxlaworlando.com. Army First Lieutenant Clovis T. Ray died March 15, 2012, serving during Operation Enduring Freedom. Ray, 34, of San Antonio, was assigned to the 2nd Battalion, 35th Infantry Regiment, 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 25th Infantry Division, Schofield Barracks, Hawaii. He was killed in action in Asadabad, Kunar Province, Afghanistan, of injuries caused by an improvised explosive device while leading his U.S. Army Infantry Platoon. Clovis was a loving father, husband, son, brother, and dear friend to many. He graduated from Three Rivers High School in Texas in 1995. His military awards and decorations include the Bronze Star Medal, Purple Heart, Combat Infantry Badge, and Parachutist Badge. Army First Lieutenant Clovis T. Ray, you are not forgotten. If you or a family member or a friend have any legal issues whatsoever, feel free to give me a call at 407-480-2179 or on my cell at 407-467-4960, and I will do everything I can to see if you can get the answers you need for your friends or family or yourself to whatever your legal issue is. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, folks, if you uh, if you need an attorney, go to, to maxlaworlando.com. If you're looking for a firearm attorney anywhere in the country, Kevin can usually uh, help you find that person wherever you are. Um, and I'd say this, you know, go out and find yourself one of them organizations that, uh, that are going to help you and become, uh, you know, one of those legal aid societies. You know, it doesn't matter who you choose, get somebody that you're happy with. Uh, you can even call Kevin and uh, he'll help you find one. Or, you know, he will uh, uh, direct you in the, in the, like we said, in the right way. Um, you know, I, I, I saw Kevin this week, and, and I, Dad went out. We had, a, we had a good time, and he said to make sure we tell everybody on the air, he said, tell everybody I said, duh, huh, they'll know what I mean. That's, that's, that's what he said to say to everybody. So uh-huh. He said, tell everybody I said to say, duh, huh, they'll know what I mean. So, uh, Hey, on the line with us, we have the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of uh, the program. Please welcome back to the show, Major Bill. 
ground control to major... Bill. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing this week? Yeah, doing, doing well. Yeah, not too well. shabby, sir. Not too shabby. How are things with you? Uh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Sitting out here on the back porch uh, watching this uh, unusual, uh, what do they call it, cold weather? Yeah, did you did yeah, uh, like that? Did uh, Stormageddon come through down there yet? What? No, but it is on the horizon. So, oh yeah, you know, I'm just uh, sitting out back, uh, waiting for it. Uh, you know, maybe throw a couple steaks on the grill and, uh, <laughs> and just to uh, enjoy it. You know, I was telling uh, Earl and I were discussing with the folks earlier that uh, they 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 went all news for four hours up here because it was Stormageddon rolling through. Um, and you got to clean up your yard, and there's going to be uh, wind and storm and uh, maybe hail, and and uh, it lasted like like Earl said, like eh, 30, 40 minutes across the state, and now we're sitting here with the uh, no wind. It's uh, beautiful blue skies, sixty four degrees. <laughs> ah, well, you know there there are a lot of leaves in the backyard though, so you know oh, that's yeah. I'm gonna have to watch out. For Better be careful. HOA will call you or get on your butt for not raking them up. Got to rake them leaves. <laughs> rake, rake them palm fronds up, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we 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 can't have uh, can't have this. It's untidy. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's unsightly. It's unsightly. Uh, so, how are things in the world of law enforcement? Uh, what when, perhaps you have a story for us today? You'd like to share? Yeah, yeah. I, I got one or two. Um, nice, I, I got a Florida man. I got a Florida man. Of course, you know. There's always there's always something to talk about with Florida. <laughs> yep. uh, and, and I have I have a story out of Virginia. Oh, that's different. That involves that involves the greatest of all time. Hmm. So oh, yeah. you tell me. Which which one do you want to you want to peruse? Let's go Virginia. Yeah. Let's let's try yeah. different, yeah. Yeah. Virginia? Okay. All right. So let's jump on uh, Google Earth and we're gonna head up to Henry County up there in Virginia. Where, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, I'm not going to say just the South, but uh, it seems to be more prevalent in the South. And you always have a lot of citizens that come to the aid of police officers uh, when they're trying to make an arrest. And it's just, you know, one of those things, you know, you're, you're driving by. Mike and Earl, I know you guys do it. You're heading up the road. You see a trooper on the side of the road. And you know there isn't a backup for another 20, 25 minutes away. You slow down. You just kind of make sure everything's okay. And uh, you're just waiting for that one time where you see something and you can uh, you can jump out and help. Well, up there in, in Henry County, in Martinsville to be specific, uh, Deputy David Parnell was called to investigate a uh, domestic uh, abuse case or a domestic assault case back in uh, February 13th. And uh, he made contact with the suspect and he did his investigation. And for whatever reason, I, you know, I don't know why people do this. Um, when when the deputy told him, okay, you know, uh, you're, you're under arrest, uh, the guy took off running. Uh, <laughs> well, the Olympics we just know. ended, so, you know, he was still in the spirit of running, I guess. I know. <laughs> uh, right. Well, maybe prepping for the Summer Olympics. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but as he, uh, he gave chase, uh, to the suspect, and of course, this is a rural part of uh, Virginia, so you know they're they're going through Hill and Dale, right? Exactly, uh, yep. not Chippendale. No, that's Hill and Dale. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, the the deputy got a little help 
from the greatest of all time. Now, no, not Wayne Gretzky. That's uh, what I'm thinking. But we, we know what, no, no, we know what the acronym for greatest of all time is, right? That, that would be GOAT, yeah. And it's, uh, it's not LeBron, it's, Mike, it's, it's Jordan Except or in Gretzky. This, in, in this case, in this case, an actual GOAT, <laughs> like four-legged GOAT, uh, when also, yeah, when running after the suspect as well. <laughs> uh, the, the goat then went past the deputy, right? And the suspect jumped the fence, uh, and the goat, according to the deputy, uh, jumped through the fence. So, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know yeah. it, it went through the fence. Yeah. And the suspect went into the woods with the goat chasing him into the woods. <laughs> so, you know, officer safety being what it is, we're not going you know, go into that type of environment. You start calling in uh, for backup and, and everything like that. And yeah. all right, we know More who goats. it is, so yeah. if we don't catch him, we'll, we'll yeah. another day. Right. Well, the goat evidently uh, flushed this guy out of the woods <laughs> and back into the waiting arms of the deputy. Uh, and so the deputy tackled the suspect and got him into custody as the goat came up and, and head-butted the, the uh, suspect. Uh, and he was uh, taken into custody. So Deputy Parnell uh, was was very thankful, and the Henry County Sheriff's Office posted a nice picture uh, <laughs> on their, their Instagram page uh, with uh, Deputy Parnell. I'd like to thank Gracie the Goat. We're assisting him today during the foot pursuit with a fleeing suspect. <laughs> so this just goes to show you never know who's out there watching or whoever's going to be out there to help you out. And in this case, it was the greatest of all time. That's right. And, you know, that, that's right up there with a Florida man story. That's it. And that's, you know. Now, now I have, so, I have it, you know, it, it's one of those good things. I, uh, I, have, I have two separate endings for the story. You want to hear A or B? B. Um, let's go to B. B. Let's go B. B is, uh, uh, and and now Gracie the Goat is actually serving as chief of police in Hendryville. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just in Martinsville. In Martinsville. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually is actually elected as and serving as the chief of police in Martinsville. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know it, whatever it takes to provide quality law enforcement. Yeah, that's, that's that's it, right? That's perfect. That's a uh, that's great. I mean, what well, did this guy you know, do to what did this guy do to this goat? You know, elected the mayor of Chicago, right? What's that? I said, wasn't Beetlejuice elected the mayor of Chicago? Exactly right. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> um, the um, uh, I mean, what what did this guy do to this goat that we don't know about? You know, is a, like this happened right in front of the goat, and the goat's like, oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. I told you, I told oh, you, no, karma. You didn't. I, t- oh, I told no, you, karma. You yeah. <laughs> And this this goat got to well, come yeah. back. You know what? That that may be, you know, where you have you know the, the victims fight back. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I can understand. You know, Gracie, you know, probably loved the suspect, and you know, whenever they talked about it, she always referred to him as a daddy, daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Make me stand in those boots, will you? Yeah, <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, Major, uh, please, uh, thank you for joining us with the incredible story, and please be safe. Absolutely, and all my brothers and sisters in blue. Remember, wear your vest, wear your seatbelt, and watch your six. You listen to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the MagSwag.com studios.
Guys, we'll see you right after the break. <laughs> the Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! Thank you for calling Next Level Training. This is Jen. How can I help you today? Hi, Jen. This is Mike. Is this the home of the Next Level Training CERT SIRT training pistol? It sure is. Jen, do you have military discounts? Of course. How about law enforcement discounts? Law enforcement and military always receive 20% off of Next Level Training. Wow, that's awesome. What about if I'm an instructor? We also have specific packages designed exactly for instructors. Jen, what if I want to buy a lot of them all at once? Yeah, we offer volume pricing. Are the CERT pistols made in America? Right here in Washington State. Do the CERT pistols have a warranty? All of our CERT training pistols come with a one-year warranty. How can I purchase one? You can purchase one online anytime at nextleveltraining.com, or you can purchase one over the phone with me. Jen, can you answer one last question for me? Yeah. Will you go to the prom with me? Not a chance. Thanks for calling, though. If you want your very own CERT SIRT training pistol, just go to nextleveltraining.com. That's nextleveltraining.com. And be sure to tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. Listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. Got a question or a story to tell? Check them out at armsroomradio.com. Now, coast to coast and around the world from the MagSwag.com studios, it's Arms Room Radio. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from location Bravo. Um, Earl, I am. Uh, I am. I'm, you may have to lead us into this story. I'm, I'm posting the last story up. There's, I can't make the folks wait for this one. Um, this is a. Uh, this is. Th- we've got uh, the story here of. Uh, we've, the, we've, the, we've got the link. We got the link. The, we got the, the link the to the goat about story. Gracie the goat, uh, assi- giving an assist on a, a criminal apprehension. When uh, we went to break, we uh, we told Major Bill, uh, you know, b- bogus. We're calling bogus right now. We're calling BS. And he was, and he sent us the link to the story, and we're like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Uh, been uh, been been uh, been corrected here. We, uh, we stand corrected. This, uh, all right, we're posting it. This is this is <laughs> this is real. I'm going to post it here in a second here. So uh, let's just uh, figure out how to do this on the. So the, I've never used Facebook on a computer before. This is like ridiculous. I'll just say all all, all of our listeners are going to sit here and listen to the awkward silence of you trying to figure out how to post on the interwebs. Um, well, again, uh, you know, doing it with uh, on a computer <laughs> is, is the weird part. Um, I know how to do this on a uh, on my phone. I mean, you know, we can, we can all tweet and Instagram from the bathroom by now, but it's just you know <laughs> trying to figure out how to actually do this on the 
on the computer is is, is a pain in the butt. But uh, copy paste. Yeah, here you go. Posting right there. Done. Posted. Okay. Oh my gosh, he figured it out. Um, it's uh, it's it's a little bit easier on my phone because you know, oh yeah, you know like, like on your phone you can put the link. And then the story populates with the picture, and then you, can, right. then you can delete the link and put your own comments in there. You can't do that on the computer. It started to, to, to take it away. So, um, oh well. So there you go. That's real. That uh, that really happened. Um, so uh, yeah, that's 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 what we're going with. That's the story. Um, yeah, because we know all the, the 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 kind of shenanigans Major Bill is capable of. Oh yeah, I got a yeah. story for you guys. A, a goat. Gave an assistance for an arrest. Listen, what? I thought I figured. Come on, I figured what this really was is that it was a retold story where <laughs> he stopped somebody and the goat came out and wouldn't let him finish writing the ticket. You know, like the goat ate the ticket book or the goat head butted him and <laughs> chased him around the car. Yeah, exactly right. So or something like that. But no, this appears appears real. So um, good on uh, good on uh, Chief Gracie there of the uh, police department up there now. <laughs> Uh, Landslide election victory. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. The goat won. Uh, you had eight all the other ballots, all the opposing ballots. Uh, hey, our, <laughs> that's no worse than what we've already happened. Oh, in this exactly country. right. Exactly right. Uh, Earl Secret Service agents recovered an assault rifle and body armor from the vehicle of two suspicious men uh, acting suspiciously, I guess, in uh, in Washington D.C.'s Georgetown neighborhood this past Thursday. Uh, uniform agents, which means they're the ones posted outside of uh, federal buildings. Right. Um, uh, noticed the individuals near a black four-door sedan, Indiana plates, uh, said Marine Corps veteran. Well, there you go. If it says Marine Corps veteran, right? They're a patriot and clearly a threat to this presidency. Oh, yeah. Um, about six agents descended on the scene, handcuffing the men and keeping them separate as agents began searching the car. Um, I'm going to assume they had some sort of probable cause and it's not just as the the weak almost said the bad word the weak butted story from newsweek says um acting suspicious yeah they, well they were suspicious so we searched we arrested them and searched their car um the agents removed multiple army green military style bags from the vehicle <gasps> they had assault bags yeah and it was an assault rifle and body armor components i'm not sure what a body armor component is uh, a plate well, yeah, is it like a plate without a carrier? Is it a carrier without a plate? Is that yeah. uh, is that some yeah, Molly? What, what, what the heck is a body armor component? A body armor component, I don't know. Yeah. Here's some sand. I, I, and now if you mix this with carbon and put it under heat <laughs> and silicone, you can make... Uh, well, that's for the ceramic plates. Right, and right. I'm, I, I'm, I'm low budget. I just go with the... The, the rhino, oh, you're with the, 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 the rhino line of steel plate? rhino line AR-500 steel. Yep, there yep, we go. There you go. Uh, see, they took the man into, into custody. So here's my question, all right? Uh, or sorry, one man was arrested on the charges of possessing a prohibited weapon, carrying a dangerous whoa, whoa. weapon, oh, unlawful transportation of a firearm, unregistered ammunition, unregistered firearm, carrying a firearm without a license. Uh, the second individual charges of possessing a, a, a prohibited weapon, carrying a dangerous weapon. They were taken to the second precinct of Metro PD. Um, Earl? Those crimes right there. Go ahead, go ahead. I held you up. I didn't let you speak. Go ahead. I wanted to get the whole list out. You go right ahead. My question is, first and foremost, I guess I've been hanging out with Kevin too long. I'm not familiar with, you say this is in D.C., correct? Correct. I'm not familiar with D.C. firearms laws, but, uh, okay, possessing a prohibited weapon, uh, is it 
the firearm that's prohibited or that individual being in possession of it. And being, as I've already alluded to, we're dealing with veterans, I tend to think though the, the individuals are not prohibited from being in possession of the firearm. But, again, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm victim of living in the great free state of Florida that there is no prohibited firearm in Florida, but we are dealing with with the District of Columbia. Yeah. And, you know, getting into unlawful transportation. Uh, I can't take my own firearm in my vehicle with me. Well, and unregistered ammunition. Since when do you have to register ammunition? How do you register ammunition? They're not serialized. They had a couple of routes they could have taken, Earl, to get there. Um, uh, leaving from Indiana, depending on where they live in Indiana, they go through either, uh, uh, here's the states they may or would have gone, have gone through. Right. Ohio, Kentucky. Uh, West Virginia, Virginia, and then into D.C., okay? All right. Um, in all of those states, none of those crimes that we listed are crimes. Okay. They only become crimes when you cross into the District of Columbia. They're D.C. crimes only. This is like trying to take a, an assault weapon into New Jersey uh, or hollow point ammunition or an 11-round magazine into California, all right? Mm. This is one of those D.C.-only crimes, and that's the story here, folks, is that you've got a couple of law-abiding citizens in Indianapolis, uh, Ohio, and it doesn't say where in Indiana. If they were from northern Indiana, they went through Ohio. If they were from southern Indiana, they went through Kentucky. All right, Then they go through West Virginia and Virginia to get into D.C. Um, so they break no laws where they live and the other states they go through until they get to the District of Columbia. Um, that's the crime here. That's the crime here. Now, there's been uh, additional reports since then. Um, there, uh, we know that one's a veteran. I believe the second was also a veteran, uh, and they showed up. They were trying to go to the Ukrainian embassy to volunteer to go fight in the Ukraine. Okay, because they had been able to find out where to go. And we've seen this week many, many American combat vets and Canadian combat vets. In fact, Canadian's top sniper this week went nice. to the went to the Ukraine. Nice. Um, the Ruskies better start. Uh, oh, you listen. You know, keeping you, their heads down. You know, they a long ways away. They asked them too. They asked a couple of these guys why, and they said, "Well, you know, we fought in Afghanistan, and we fought in Iraq, or whatever places they are, and we fought against you know terrorism. But we grew up hating communists, <laughs> and we finally get to stack some communist bodies." Is what they said. Is what they said. They finally get to say. One of them said, "I finally get to kill a commie for Christ." <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, or kill a commie for mommy. That's right. I'm just quoting, folks. I'm not making this up. I'm just quoting. The the guys I feel bad for is the the A10 Warthog pilots. Oh yeah. That uh, aircraft was designed and intended yeah. for European <laughs> anti tank combat. Yeah. And so they're they're watching the news and seeing all the the Russian tanks going from town to yeah. town. Yeah. And you know the 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 five mile long truck convoy. Yeah. And, you know they're all sitting there. Oh, it's so straight fat. Oh, they are, that's what I've been trained for. They're throwing plates against the wall. <laughs> you know, a, damn you, you know, son of a. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, um, but it looks like uh, you know I know we got about a minute left, but um, it looks like this is going to be treated or, or around the world 
as an internal fight, as a as a as a, as a civil war, Ukrainians dish, continued struggle for independence, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they're not a NATO member. Although I think the whole nonsense of whose ID card do you have in your wallet makes a difference of who fights for you or not. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. Um, you're, you're either fighting for their independence or they're not. That's all that comes to for me. Um, and I'm not worried about what's going on in the Ukraine. Hey, listen, is this another, is this a sovereign nation invading a sovereign nation? And I, and again, I think this can, I mean, if you argue this the right way, this is the continued civil war. This is the continued to, you know, break for independence. You know, they've only been gone from that country for 31 years. They've already gone through two different forms of government. Maybe this is Russia saying, yeah, you know, you, 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 we didn't, we shouldn't let you go the first time. Another shot at the title. Um, so we'll see. Folks, uh, that's uh, that's the program. Please visit Mr. Todd Fossey. This is IDS. Thank you for Major Bill calling. Until next week, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you're not ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. And remember, keep your head on a swivel. The Kel-Tec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity. Not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. If you carry concealed, how do you carry your backup magazine? On your belt? Loose in your pocket? Not at all? Snag Mag is the solution. It's the original concealed pocket magazine holster that looks like you're carrying a pocket knife. Concealed in plain sight and designed for a fast reload, you can be confident your backup ammo is exactly where you need it when you need it. Find your holster today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com because there's no such thing as extra ammo.